Gig Gab, the show for working musicians, episode 282 for Tuesday, December 1st, 2020. I was going to say greetings hosts. I don't know why I was going to say greetings hosts. I, it's really weird. I must have been reading hosts somewhere. Greetings, folks, and welcome to GigGab, the show by, for, and about working musicians. Here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton, I think. I'm, I'm fairly certain of this information. So Here in Pomo, California, it's Paul Kent. And you're fairly sure of that information. So I'm not a host. I'm a guest. No, no, you're... <laughs> <laughs> You're, we're, we're, we're both hosts here. It's how it works. It's, uh, we host each other. We hold each other Fair up. Enough. That's what it is. I feel like we're guests for the people who listen to us. Well, that is true. We are your guests and we appreciate being invited on as guests into your living room or earbuds your or ears. car. Yeah. 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 That's a good way of looking at it. It's, it's, it's actually far more accurate, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah, we are your guests. Um, hey, dude. Yeah. So, um, oh, sorry about that. Um, so, uh, things are happening in the world. You know, the, the news about these vaccines and, and uh, you know, going to change over in president and, you know, might have a different plan, a different way to look at getting things under control. I was thinking it'd be interesting. I mean, we've spent a lot of time because it's the topic of the day talking about about pandemics and COVID. But I wanted to get your perspective on the timeline as to, you know, what you think is going to happen normal, what normal will look like. I, I The guy, uh, one of the doctors on TV said, look, you know, in the same way taking your shoes off when you go on an airplane is now normal, there's going to be new normals that are going to be like that. It may be, totally. you know, mas masks and mass gatherings or something like that. But uh, just want to see what you thought the timeline was going to look like so I can do my planning. Yeah, and we do have some, some gear to talk about as well as, um, I think, some looping conversations to have. So it's not all COVID all the time here, but but yeah, we will start with this. Um it's, I was just having this conversation with a friend in the, the tech industry, and we were talking about how uh, we both think it's almost a certainty that at conventions like CES, you know, mass gatherings, like you were saying, that masks will be, I don't think mandatory, but probably worn by more than half the people ongoing, right? Like there's, because we know that that's how things spread, even if it's not COVID. It's like, well, I don't want to go to, to CES and get sick, you know, so... Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think like long-term there will be those changes and some of them are, I think, predictable now and some are not, you know, it, wait, wait, let me just st stop you on that one. Yeah. You think voluntary mask will be a new social norm, but yeah. not a, not a, um, enforceable norm. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking five years down the road, right? Like COVID is under control, whatever that means in whatever way we get to that point. Uh, mm -hmm. But I but we've learned a lot it, and it's not things that we couldn't know before, but it's now things that we viscerally know. And we know that that in 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 the right use cases and especially in the right circumstances, you know, mass gatherings being one uh, that masks can help people not get sick. And so I think it will be relatively normal, far more normal than it is now for people at a you know, convention like a NAM or a CES to, to be wearing masks. To be fair, there are plenty of people that wear masks at CES already. Uh, yeah. Mostly it's people coming from Asia where mask wearing was already part of a social norm, right? Uh, but so it, it's, it's not, it certainly wouldn't be the first time that you'd see more than one person at, at a CES wearing a mask, but I, yeah, I think. So you see, you see a bigger arc and you're looking farther down the road where yeah. it just becomes a social norm. I'm, I'm saying, when can I play in indoors again? Yeah. When can, when can I go see music indoors again? Yeah. I, I you know, like they were saying what is the, uh, the head of Project Warp Speed, and I can't remember the doctor's name, but uh, was interviewed on CNN, I think, recently saying that they f he felt like May would be the time when here in the U.S. we would have 70 percent immunity uh, to the vaccine. And he was predicting that that would mean we'd have herd immunity. There's a presumption there and the presumption without getting all too deep into what he said, but it's worth going to check it out, is the presumption is that. 
someone who is vaccinated is not only protected from getting any symptoms themselves, but also prevented from spreading the disease. That's that's not something that the clinical trials have any real data on. So we will find that out going forward. But assuming all that. okay, so May. Right. If we can get to that point, that's when on paper it's safe. Then it's, you know, safe on paper. When is it safe in our hearts? Right. Like, you know, and, and some people already feel like it's safe. So clearly in May, those people will also feel that it's safe then. Uh, And then, but there'll be more people that feel like it's safe at that point or are willing to take the risk. And I think that's a better way of looking at it is when are we individually and therefore collectively willing to take that risk? When are the people that would come to see your band willing to take the risk? Like what factors have to be in place? Because it's never going to be zero risk, right? If these vaccines are 90% effective, well, that means if you expose it to 10 people, one of them is going to get infected. So, you know, I mean, it's it's good because it keeps hospitals, you know, capacity down and all that stuff. But but it is a calculated risk that all of each of us and also all of us are going to need to 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 choose where we I'm, fall I was on that line. hearing that the vaccines are going to one of the major benefits are is they keep you from getting really sick. That's what we know now. And right. yes, but what we don't know is do they keep me from passing it on to you if no, you're if not I vaccinated? Have the, if I'm not vaccinated, right? Correct. Yeah. And yeah. so, or, or if you're, you're one of the, you know, the one out of 10 people for whom the vaccine does not work, right? Like Let, let's do that math for a second though. So my understanding, so 70% of the country would be, you know, 220 million people or something like that. Huh? Right. Yep. And don't you need two doses? Correct. So 440 million applications yeah. in five months. That's correct. That th- because, be, yeah, because of this Project Warp Speed thing, like they've already been, and this is part of. I mean, it's part of the government thing. It's part of what Bill Gates was organizing. There's there's a lot of money that's been poured into this, and they've already been been creating doses of of these vaccines that are still not yet approved. And the, that's the production part of it. I'm just talking about the administering part, of it, like the physical capacity. I know. Yeah, that's already in place, too. Like that, it, it's it, there's a gr- there was a great episode of of The New York Times of the Daily. But it's really they, they were just rehashing what what the CNN interview said. It's it's worth going in and like the reading or listening to that because it it really addresses all of that. And it, it is quite realistic that. You know, by May, a half million doses of this thing would be not only produced, but distributed like they've got a plan. It'll evolve, obviously, as things yeah. do, you know, but but yeah. Yeah. So it, it is it, it it's it's not perfect. It's certainly not necessarily even going to happen because none of these things yeah. have been approved as of the moment we're recording this and probably won't be for another week and a half um, at best. So, but, but yeah, still, you know, middle of December, you know, yeah. and then starts a five to six month yep. race to normality or somewhat normality. And then you layer the social constructs onto it. And, you know, we one thing we know is there's already a certain amount of population, even without a vaccine. Right. That is fine to like be intrepid and, you know, be out there. And, yeah, I've got some and, friends. You know, in... There's a large number of, of businesses whose mindset is I am doing everything that the health you know organizations yep. say I should be able to be open restaurants, those types of things. Yeah. And um so, but it, yeah, it's, uh, a, it's that, about that last when, part. when can you get people in the doors, right? Like, well, well what's, uh, when will you as a band be safe walking into a rehearsal room or on stage? And what's that look like? And, and again, the cheap, that's the cheap, cheap home testing things, the cheap instant testing things, right? Yeah. I mean, yes. That's what you do if it's a small gathering of people that you know, that, uh, that you just want to put the final touch of, of, uh, of certainty on correct you know, that's what i would that's what you do now right it, it is but it but it's not like i don't care what you've done for the last week take a test and we're good it's let's let's lay low for a week then let's take a test and now yeah. we're good right P- potentially yeah. so so it's it, it it's it's a piece of the puzzle for sure i i think testing i think that we will have testing ramp up throughout this, you know, vaccination immunity period and probably right. testing will still be a thing a year from now, maybe not so much two years from now, but I don't know. Like I, 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 I don't know what the future looks like, but I, I do know that it's, you know, when we are all each willing to make that, to take that risk 
And some, you know, some like some of the bands that I play in, we've already figured it out amongst ourselves. Like, you know, Bitter Pill, we played a few gigs. Uh, we figured we've done a few rehearsals. We've done exactly what we just talked about with the, you know, lay low and then do this. And is everybody comfortable with the level of risk that each other person is bringing into the room? Yes. Okay, great. Let's test and confirm all, all good. You know, off we go. And that has worked fine. Um, we did that with the, you know, uh, half of Uptown Celebration when we played that gig at the restaurant. Everybody it worked out and it was fine. Um, and like what with Fling, for example, you know, we have not gotten together. And it's it's not that we're in disagreement at all. We all would love to get together. But, you know, two of the five of us, one of one of the guys cannot avoid going and being, <clears throat> excuse me, in person at work. And the other guy is, you know, he feels personally comfortable going out to restaurants and eating and, and this, that, and the other thing with his family. And so some different pages about this stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, it, nobody is doing anything that they believe is intentionally unsafe. And that's great. Like we all have to make our own decisions. We all walk our own path, but it's possible that some paths are more in, aligned than others. Right. And so we as fling have not, felt consensus amongst the five of us that it's a good idea to be in a room together, you know, with, with, with low ceilings and bad ventilation and, you know, that sort of thing. Right. So, uh, so, so we haven't, um, we stay in touch, but, uh, you know, I think bands will evolve through this. And, well, well, let's play out the timeline and hold, yeah. hold that thought because yeah. I mean, that's kind of the point of all this. So, yeah. so, Say May, let's even fudge it and say June sure. for 70 percent, you know, vaccination rate. And then you're saying that the next part of the timeline is um, a little bit of an arc of confidence building. Yep. You know, as people come out of their out of their case. Yeah. yeah. You know, do you want to be the, the at the first show or do you want to be at the third show? Right. Like, right. <laughs> yep. well, do you, do you want to be the first to get vaccinated or do you want to wait 30 days and see how people are reacting? Right. Totally. So that's, that too. That's, yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So th let's just say let's just say June 1st. We've hit 70%. How much would you fudge in, um, you know, for this kind of like social acceptance? It'll probably. And, and actually, I'm going to back up a little bit. Okay. I'm going to back up a little bit. So all the places where you may think about playing. This is a band question, a, a performer question. Yep. When are, when are they going to start saying, okay, you know, June 1st, you know, we should be, we should be technically okay to, to go. So I better start thinking about booking things. And, you know, so if you're a band, mm. when are you starting to talk and when are you starting to talk to venues and festivals and, you know, you know, venue, all these types of stuff, when are you starting to say, Hey, you know, let's do some planning for next summer. Let's figure it out. I, you know, I think July, August will be good. And actually that's a question I'm asking you. If it's, if it's June 1st to 70%, you know, you know, and we have new president end of, end of January, he has some program, you know, for helping venues, hopefully stay alive. Restaurants hopefully sure. stay alive. The vaccination program begins end of December. You know, March, are you starting to you know reach out to your venues? And if you're a venue, when do you start thinking about, you know, the mad gold rush of, of trying to secure talent, stuff like that? You think that people start doing it January, February, March, later? I, well, I would say whatever you would normally have done with these venues, like, so if, you know, rewind a year, when were you booking gigs for this summer? If it would have been March, April, then I would, I would reach out March, April. If it mm -hmm. was January, I know, you know, there's some places that book their whole summer by the time January ends. Now they may not do that this year, but you don't want to make any assumptions about that. So I would say reach out on a normal schedule. Everybody like the, the entire world lives under, you know, the, the heading of asterisk COVID, right? So yeah. we all know that whatever plans we make may well not work out. Right. And, I, well, it's and a little sensitive. So I've been doing this now, Dave, I, you know, I've been just like, Hey, let's do some, let's do some tentative planning. You know, yeah. if things go well, let's put some dates down and, you know, let's, let's get some things going and we can plan some big, you know, grand opening, reopening, sure. you know, celebrations and all that type of stuff. And in general, um, People are, I think, are, you know, certainly most most of the venue owners are not even reachable. Right. Sure. Um, and so it, it still feels a little early to me. And not, right now is when I would usually be reaching out for next summer. 
So why so, so why not just reach out and say, hey, right now is when I would usually be reaching out. I realize, you, you know what I, I mean? Like, I know that we're in a pandemic. Like you want to acknowledge it, even though like it's it's safely assumed that we all know that we're in a pandemic. Right. You, you know, especially a restaurant owner <laughs> or a bar owner, sure. you, you know, but but still saying, look, I know that in a normal year, this is when we'd be booking. I, I want to make sure that, you know, we're on in sync for whenever that works for you. So I'm here. Uh, if now's the right time, let's get on the phone. Let's do it. If not, right. should we talk in a month or two? You know, what's that look like for you? I mean, that's just get the, the conversation started. The sales process. Yeah. And let them know you're still interested because just like there's going to be restaurants that don't make it through this for a variety of reasons, some of them related to COVID and some of them not. Some restaurants just wouldn't have survived another year anyway. You know, it's just how it goes. Um, there's bands that aren't going to make it through this. And so it's good to to let them know, yeah, we are planning on being a working band this summer. And if you're not comfortable with this summer, if, you know, collectively your band is like, eh, I don't want to be the canaries going into that particular coal mine, then maybe, okay, so when should we talk about the fall? You know, that kind of a thing. But just let them know. We haven't like this band is still a band because without playing, no one really knows whether a band is a band, right? Like people don't. I mean, we talk about our Zoom calls that we have with our bandmates. Most bands don't have a venue to talk about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, this is the thing. So, so again, following this timeline theme, if we're out to June 1st, things, you know, could technically open up. Yeah but they probably won't open up, you know, for another 30 days after that, as people see how this all evolves using your asterisk theory, you know, then we're really August, September, which is, you know, eight, nine months from now, you know, many bands, if you go back to March 15th as the start of all this, that's, that's 18 months. Yeah. Oh yeah. Since your band has, you know, probably, you know, been a vibrant ongoing concern, a lot can change you know, for many people in, in 18 months, totally. Do you live in the same place? Are you healthy? That's right. Are you, you as moved. interested? Are you as motivated? Are you as, yeah. you know, are you, you know, do you have the same goals of how much you want to play when we come out of this? What do are you your... still play your instrument? I mean, right. I, like that's a valid question. I don't mean it as a joke, <laughs> but it's like, are you still a guitar player? Are you still a drummer? Like when was the last time you picked up sticks? When is the next time you plan to pick up sticks? Like, that these are things and and this is part of why honestly we keep doing this show uh throughout this because a it helps us certainly it helps me remember that yes i'm a working musician even if right now i don't have any gigs you know and and i can still sit down and play my drums and there is a future to this it will be a different future potentially Okay, well, that's fine. I mean, look at all. If I look at my past as a musician, look at all the different things that I've done. Okay, cool. So the future's going to be different. Guess what? That's not a surprise to me. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's that's sort of par for the course. So this is, you know, in some ways, the great reset. I am a sentimental guy. I I really I don't like giving up. I'm uh, I'm bullheadedly persistent. So in a perfect world, you know, fling is back and rocking next summer it's entirely possible that fling has played its last show. Like just being, sad. well, I mean, yeah, that is sad, but it's also just the evolution of things, right? Like, I don't know. I'm not saying that for certain, but, but it is a reality, a potential reality. Uh, but it's also possible that every band that I'm in has played its last show for a variety of different reasons, right? Like if it's going to be six months before we have another gig, lots can change, right? So maybe, you know, maybe the, the key member of the band says, I can't take it anymore and figures out a way to move to New Zealand. You know, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Like these things can happen. It's kind of how it goes. So well, I, I guess yeah. you, wrap the, you wrap this up and you say, so you know that there's a now light at the end of the tunnel. There's, there's you know, forces that are, that are conspiring to, you know, go forward, you know, and, and not just wait this out. Right. So right. you can right. yes. do a couple of things. <laughs> so conspiring start checking with your right. band. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. You know, start checking with your band, start figuring out, you know, when you can, what, when you can rehearse and what it would take for you to rehearse start. I think your suggestion is stellar, you know, just start the conversation with your, with your booking contacts and start saying, Hey, now it looks like we're, looks like there's a 
things are going on. And, you know, when, when you're ready to open up, we want to be there right with you. You know, can we brainstorm some ideas here, reserve some tentative dates? Of course, it's an asterisk next to it that, you know, plans can change. But, you know, better to have a plan than not to have a plan. Right. And, and uh, you know, just get, get your – we've said this before. Get your feet moving. Not keep your feet moving as in, you know, the context we had said before was this will end someday – and, you know, what are you going to do when it ends? Now it's like, you know, there you, you could project a timeline and you can plan. If you have to move that timeline out a month or back or forward a month or whatever it may be, that's a good problem to have. Right. But it's a bad if it's a bad problem, if you haven't given any thought to it. I've got 10 guys. Well, including Bill, you yeah. know, we've got 10 guys and a sound guy. Yep. I know we've been on on similar but different pages about how restrictive we need to be with each other sure in terms of getting in a, in a garage and, and rehearsing uh we gotta we gotta look that straight in the eye and there's you know there there are gonna be some guys in my group who are gonna have very strong opinions about what a safe first gig will be it's you know that's not like oh 70 percent let's just go back to normal you know whether it's like the band will wear masks backstage or we still want, you know, some distance backstage. You're going to have different writer, whether you actually formally have a writer yeah. or you just have a conceptual writer that, you know, you communicate, you're going to have guys in your band and you better know it now. Start thinking about it. Have that well, I conversation. Think, I think, uh, yeah. And if, you know, you always talk about ask the question the way you want people to think about it. And uh, as we're having this conversation, I feel like the word safe is a dangerous word to use if you ever want to get everything going again, because the, there is nothing that is truly safe about playing a gig somewhere else, right? You're going to drive there. You could crash your car. You could, I mean, like, you know, we could come up with a million different things that would make a gig not safe. And certainly COVID is, is presents a lot of them, right? But, I agree with you to a degree, but you got to, well, I think, I think you need to, it's, I think it might be better and more productive to have the conversation about how, what level of risk is everyone comfortable with? Cause it's the same question. It is, but I think it needs some finessing. And here's why I say that right now, when you try to have that conversation and say, you know, it's never really been a hundred percent safe anyway. I mean, you, you can't, there's diseases out there and yeah. you know, things can happen. That kind of go, you get blank stares back about the, Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever say that to, to, I wouldn't start the conversation that way. I'm just saying the reason not to use the word safe is those I would start with. So let's talk about where each of us is comfortable taking the risk of getting back on stage again. Mm. Right. Because that way you're acknowledging in the question that there is an inherent risk in doing this and it will be a changing level of risk. So it's let's pinpoint where the lowest common denominator in the band is. And OK, that's where we are right now, acknowledging yeah. that everybody is going to likely change their minds as we learn more and and see more happen. If we're not the first ones out, we will see other people do this seeing a big crowd of people get together and none yeah. of them getting COVID a month later will certainly make some segment of us feel less risky doing that ourselves. Right. And mm. so, you know, you might say, well, if, if we're, if June 1st is the day, I'm not good till September 1st. Well, okay, fine. Right now, that's a valid thing to say, but come June 15th, that same person might look at it and say, you know, wait a minute, this is actually working. Huh? I, you know what? what? July Fourth's looking good. What what gig can we get at the last minute for July Fourth? You, you know, you might not be able to get the gig, but that might be uh, that's a that's a realistic line of thinking. And so I, it's not a black and white issue, right? No, it, it, no. It, and then that, that's the important thing for band leaders or you know bands. Because that safe are the, implies like some universal risk free, like, yeah. risk free. And and I and and I know we know what we mean when we ask that, but you don't necessarily you want to kind of. I, if I were leading a group of people, I would want them to know that there is, there is no such thing as risk free, even if we limit safe versus risk to just the covid concerns and take out the you know car crashes and all the things that could have happened in the past. Uh, it, you know, there there's even a year from now, I don't think that there's assuming everything goes as well as we can possibly expect. I think even a year from now, there's still a risk of this. It's just yeah, hopefully again, mitigated. There's, there's finesse in that conversation that somewhat depends on the personalities that are taking part. I know I will have some guys who are going to be want to be last. They, they're going to want 
they're going to want as, as much of a guarantee as possible. Uh-huh. And at some point in time, I think we talked about this last episode of the one before. Yeah. At some point in time, your band has got to decide. We've had the conversation about input, about safe environments. We've had the conversation about about input, about you know being comfortable with your bandmates, about what constitutes no kick. I mean, we we've talked this through. Yep. It's time. It's time to move now, right? If you know, if we've been, if everyone's been vaccinated. If everybody's up for testing, you know, I I. I Reacting to the the points that you're making, that the concept of of just talking talking about risk, talking about safe, t- talking about you know guarantees, is such a, a a moving target for different personalities. I wonder if it's better to just focus on the fact that we're going to open up, guys. You know, the, you know, here's the thing: we're going to open up. And if you keep it as an open-ended conversation, you're probably just going to talk it to death. I mean, unless your right. band is all on exactly the same page right now, you can talk this to death. Sometimes, and I think this is, you know, something we want out of our president. And I think something that we want out of leaders is like, you know, here's a plan. If you wish to communicate some, some dissatisfaction with the plan, now is the time to do that. And well, that's, we can figure that's, it out. That, that would work, for example, potentially for your band, right? That would, that's not how Fling's organized. We, those types of decisions, there is no one person that would say, we are going to do this uh, you know, damn the torpedoes full steam ahead. And if one of you isn't with us, you know, thanks for everything. Goodbye. Like that. That's are just, you, are you literally like fling is these guys fling is if these guy, five guys. That's correct. And if one guy doesn't want to do it, it's not, we're not doing fling anymore. The whole thing goes to the ground. Uh, we would not play as fling. That's right. Now it's, I mean, is there, there's no rule that says that, you know, three of, of the members of fling could, you can't go out and do something separately or, or whatever. I mean, that obviously, you know, we're all just free people, but, uh, but in terms of fling, fling would not go out. And we've tested this long before COVID was an issue. <laughs> really? No. It, and it's like, nope, this is fling and, and that's okay. Like we're all, we're all in on that idea of yep if if it's not the five of us that's okay it's just not fling and that's fine yeah but so again but you know your band you need to come up with this and you know our sponsor headspace.com slash gig gab paul is a perfect answer (laughs) for what we're talking about here well played my friend well i mean think about it right life can be stressful even under normal circumstances and here we are in 2020 dealing with all of this and more and we all need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. We all need time to think. And that's Headspace, right? Because Headspace is our daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in a super easy to use app. I have been a fan and user of Headspace for years, long before they ever even approached us about sponsorship. And they really do it great. They have all these different kinds of meditations. They've got like a little three minute SOS meditation. They've got longer meditations. If you're an expert meditator, they've got stuff for you. If you've never even attempted meditation before and you're not even sure exactly what it is, no problem. They've got you there too. They really know how to get this integrated into your life in an easy way. You know, they've even got stuff for parents where they've got morning meditations that you can do with your kids and their approach to mindfulness over at Headspace can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus and increase your overall sense of well-being, which given the conversation that we're having here might actually be a pretty good thing. And it's there's science involved here. There's 25 published articles on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, over 60 million downloads because Headspace makes it easy to build that meditation practice. And you deserve to feel happier. So do I. We all do. And Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash giggab. That's headspace.com slash giggab. And there's three G's, G-I-G-G-A-B, for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now from them. So go to headspace.com slash giggab today. Head over there, check it out. And our thanks to Headspace for, frankly, doing what they do and just existing, but also, you know, for sponsoring this episode. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks, Headspace. Hey, I got something fun for you. Okay. We, um... You know, we've been talking about that Bob Lissette's letter, you know, mm. and how he's an, he's an interesting character. He, you know, this very free form, you know, style of writing, very prolific. I mean, several times a week you're getting yeah, long. You know, 
seven to ten page, you know, missives on, on a variety of things in the yeah. music and some other things as well. Anyway, you know, he wrote something this week that I wanted to read because I, it was just wonderful. And, and again, he's a, he's an interesting guy. He's often a very cranky guy. He, you he know, does come across as a curmudgeon. <laughs> he does. A lovable curmudgeon. Yeah. But, you know, to the degree that he has so many readers around the world, he, he wrote something. He was he was writing about Elton John mm. uh, and about Elton John's history and, you know, a little bit about, you know, one of my favorite live albums, 11, 17, 70, which is, I just think is energy in a box, just amazing. You know, Elton is what, a 23, 24-year-old, yeah. you know, about to break type of guy. But he was talking about it. And he says, um, you know, today they do it with tricks, auto-tune, hard drives, but it used to be you had to be able to do it all by your lonesome to even get a deal, never mind make it in the music industry. There was no lip syncing in concert. This is truly Elton John's voice. You can only bow down and pay fealty. We used to want to know how these records were made. To be in the studio, a fly on the wall would be a wet dream, truly. It would be an explosion of inner goodness, the nougat inside the chocolate, something you look forward to, all that was even better than your preconception. And then he ends it by saying, forget the badge of honor of going to a show. Back then, there was no internet to publicize your attendance, and oftentimes people had no idea who the acts were that I used to go to see. But in music, being in the room, you could be accepted. You'd be at the show, sitting in your seat, because back then all venues had seats, and you sat, except maybe for the encore, and you'd turn your head and look at the person next to you, and you'd be singing the lyrics, and they'd be singing the lyrics, and you felt like you belonged. I've, I've lived that moment, you know, mm. it, it, certainly at Springsteen concerts, where that communal thing just happens, and you just feel so alive and so good. This guy has been writing about, you know, music for 40 years. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a lawyer, you know, he has, he has a day job life. And, but, you know, when I hear people still talking about what music does to them, it, it inspires me deeply. I mean, it just moves me and then moves me to pick up my guitar and, you know, just dream and, and find ways to connect with people through music. And so I just really enjoyed this week's newsletter. You know, again, he was talking about Elton John in particular, but he was talking about how that thing that music does that Elton did in the, in the early seventies is really this universal magic. Tom Petty said it's, it's the nearest thing he's ever, ever seen to magic in, on this earth. And so I definitely believe it, but again, kudos to lift sets and, and, you know, recommended people if they want a fun read that they, they subscribe to. It's not always a fun read, but no, (laughs) well, you can skip them if they're not fun. Yeah. 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 I do that. I mean, I tend to read the first paragraph or, or two, if they're short of each one. And if he has me hooked, I'm in, you know, and I'll, yeah. I'll, uh, but if I'm, it, I, I treat it as entertainment, it, you know, there, there are a few things that he'll write about where it's like, oh, I want to read the whole thing. Like he, he, it's weird, but he really does cross both, both of my worlds here. You know, he will almost always do his debrief of Apple's media events, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're Steve Jobs keynotes or Tim Cook keynotes now. And so those are always interesting to read because it's coming from this perspective of someone that loves technology, but doesn't actually work in technology, uses technology, obviously. But, you know, so it, I, I always appreciate those and I'll read them even if I even if they're boring. Uh, but otherwise, it's entertainment. So, yeah, I, yeah that's good. Well, I gave a, a link to this. That version or that letter is actually up online now. So um, so oh. it'll be in the show notes at giggabpodcast.com. Hey, I Love got it. to play with this this thing, a uh, 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 control surface, right? We, we, you folks know, if you've been listening for a few months now that uh, this year, one of my pandemic projects was migrating the studio to all digital. It used to be a hodgepodge of analog and digital hybrid. And I've moved it to all digital, which means that my mixer is an app. It's, it's logic, but it could be anything, uh, you know, any DAW, but it is logic. And I like to, because we record this show and other shows that I do live, I like to have a physical control surface in order to uh, set our levels. If, you know, if we're talking and one of us is too loud or we're playing music and, you know, it needs to be adjusted. I like to be able to just grab a a knob or a a fader and move it as opposed to having to dig and click with my mouse to find the right window and and adjust it there. And uh, and so I've been checking out a lot of these different control surfaces and Nectar, N-E-K-T-A-R at NectarTech.com with their Panorama P1 this is a pretty cool control surface. Uh, they've really done a good job sort of blending all of the features that you would need 
It's got if it, the, the one thing it doesn't have. And I, I know it's a weird way to start a review. The one thing it doesn't have is motorized faders. So you are controlling things here, but your your dog cannot move the faders for you. Honestly, I thought that was a big deal. It, and it is if you're if you're trying to mix, say, you know, 35 tracks or something and you're constantly jumping around. But if you're in a bank of, you know, for this show, I think I have four or five tracks. Uh, you know, that's one that's one bank on this mixer because it's got eight faders plus a master. So actually, I guess even the ninth fader could be assigned in a different way, I suppose. Um, but so it's got nine faders, plenty, right? And, and they're always just kind of where you need them to be. It's got shuttle controls, meaning, you know, play, pause, record, all of that stuff. And then it's got lots of assignable knobs uh, for and and then also a digital display or an LCD display that lets you tweak even more settings. So there's so much more I can do with the Panorama P1 than there is with even like most of, in fact, all of the, you know, higher end uh, control surfaces I've used, the ones with motorized faders. This one really, it's got everything. It's really compact. It's, it's, um, they, they've done a great job with it. I'm, I'm, I'm quite frankly sort of blown away. So I don't know much about these things. Is, yeah. the, is the concept that it, it needs to know about logic in particular, Every, any control service needs to know specifically about, um, about the, what it's going to control, right? Yeah. I mean, technically, no, you could, you could program it yourself to talk, you know, whatever protocol you needed it to, but that would drive you crazy. Uh, it, but, but, but is the implication there that MIDI speaks some protocol that external yeah, devices can control? That's correct. And, and is it MIDI? E, mm, that's a good, yeah, I think it probably is. Yeah. I, I, it's, it connect via USB. A lot of these things have external MIDI ports, you know? Um, and I, and I suppose it is MIDI that it's talking, but it might be deeper than that, Paul, to be perfectly honest. But regardless, the, the P1 does know about logic. It also knows about Cubase and Reaper and Mainstage and, and, uh, innuendo and, and reason. And, you know, it's, it's, it's ready to go with all of the popular DAWs. Um, and, but it is, that is a good question, right? It's worth making sure whatever control surface you are going to select yeah. has support for your DAW of choice. Otherwise it, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Uh, you know, trying to, you, like I said, you can tweak things, but you don't want to have to start that really from cool. scratch. Yeah, no, it's a cool thing. And and this one's just two ninety nine, which is, uh, you know, I mean, it, right kind of in that, that sweet spot price range wise. So yeah, I was, I was pretty, pretty blown away when I, I, it, I'd have had this here for a while and you know, it's pandemic. So it's the things go a little bit haywire. You can keep this on your desk or you yeah. keep it near your drum kit because you do, you control things from your drum kit. Um, no, I, you know, I've, I've thought about wiring up a sort of a, a long USB cable to go over to the drum kit to have a control surface there. But uh, no, this I keep at the desk, which is, you know, I mean, it seems like you'd want it to be Bluetooth or, or Wi-Fi. Well, so I use an iPad at the drum kit to control logic over Wi-Fi. Um, and, and that works great. And you could certainly do that. I could do that here. In fact, I think when I first was setting up the studio here, I, I was using an iPad for the first week or two just to sort of prove the concept like, okay, yeah, this is, this works. But the problem with an iPad is I have to look at it and yeah. figure out where my finger needs to go. I can't, you know, feel my way through it. It's, I need to know that my finger is touching where that fader thinks it is on the screen and moving it. So doable, but way nicer to have things to touch. Um, and I even find it when mixing things, it's, it's nice to be able to just, you know, have your hands on something and maybe it's just because of the way I learned, but okay, like, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I guess it is I, digging into this. I think you're right, Paul. I think it is MIDI is how it's, how it's talking back and forth. It would have to be that like, why, why create something that, that doesn't need, yeah, you to need something kind of universal. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's fun stuff. I like uh, it's good, good toys. Yeah, I know it's and it's you know it's relatively compact. It's, you know, could sits on fits on the desk easy and all that good stuff. So yeah, cool. It's good. That's good. You have some way to you know if you have looks like it has what one two three four eight channels and you can just page across for mm -hmm. well, if you have more channels than going. You can yeah you can page across. The only thing is because the <clears throat> faders aren't motorized, when you page across you, you have to. You you need to sort of as soon as you move a fader, 
then logic catches up with it. So if you don't, if you page over and you don't move anything, the faders don't just jump to wherever you are. You have to kind of get it in sync, but, but that's, you know, that that's okay. Yeah. 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 I bought a piece of gear. What'd you get? I bought the Bose S1. So I bought, it's, it's the kind of the small um, compact. It's not the tower. It's just a, you know, a, a floor sitting speaker. Can be yeah. Down you, were, you were talking about this when you were thinking about it about a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. It is really, really cool. I mean, it's cra- cra- crazy loud, crazy clear. Um, definitely works for a solo acoustic guitarist, you know, in terms of the amount of bass and yep. you have my acoustic sounds great to my voice sounds great to it. I, they just continually. And also the funny thing is, Right after I bought this, Bose just upgraded their their tower line. So th- you're welcome, everybody. I probably caused that to happen because <laughs> I was trying to figure out what Bose product to buy. But but um, they did a whole bunch of stuff really interesting. They they it automatically adjusts the EQ depending upon the position that you you know. So if you use it as a tilted back you know bus, mm. and it's also battery powered, so you know you can charge it and you know it goes like ten hours on a battery. Sounds great. Five ninety nine. It's a little expensive, but yeah. um, but man. I'm really, I just really like the Bose stuff. You pay premium for it, but it sounds wonderful. I haven't, I haven't played to the JBL, which is a similar one. Yep. Yep. But uh, man, just very, very cool. That's great. Yeah. They really, they were the first to really bring to market the whole idea of the the tower system, right? You know, the single array or whatever you want to call that. Uh, And, and they've, they've continued to pave that path. Yeah. It's interesting. It, It, there are people, and I'm one of them, that do not like the Bose like stereo speaker sound uh, or the Bose headphone sound. It but, definitely has a has a tonality to the, how they approach audio. I mean, there there's a Bose sound, I but believe. it's different. The Bose sound in the towers, like in the pro audio stuff, is different than the Bose sound in the music listening stuff, right? The 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 home speakers or the car speakers or you know that sort of thing. You're, I mean, they have a sound signature on both, but I I I, I kind of I not kind of I like the way the Bose towers sounded. I haven't heard this S one yet, but I'm assuming it's in that same family. I've always, I've always yeah. liked that. It's kind of got a smoother, um, smoother sound, but with a little rise in presence, you know, on the high end, which I kind of like. That's a great way to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, but their, their stereo speakers, you know, don't sound like that at all. That's, you know, so it's no highs, no lows must be bows, right? Like there's a reason that people <laughs> say that, but that's not true about these things. You may also not like this, but at least listen to these because they are different. So yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, cool. We talking about loopers? We still have time for that? Yeah, so, you know, we started this conversation. I have one. I have I have the RC300, the 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 three channel looper. Um here's the biggest thing. I mean, you know, they all basically have the same fun same foundational functionality. You need to record something, you need to play it. Yeah. And you need to decide whether you want to layer other things on top of the thing you recorded. So that's the basic idea. Then you get into things that, you know, allow it to fade or, you know, how variable loop lengths and some sure. of them have rhythm machines along with it. I mean, they really could help you be a band in a box if you want to be. But the biggest thing, and you know, you, if you've ever played with somebody who uses a looper, here's the thing. It's a click track, right? Mm. Time is time. And, and sort the, of. one thing I, well, yes, th- that's actually my point. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's actually my point. If you are the guy who, you know, taps out a rhythm on your guitar to create a, a rhythm feel, if that is not good time, you are going to drive yourself crazy and you're going to drive everybody else crazy. So, so the, the concept that, you know, garbage in garbage out really applies here. I mean, that is a great way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matty Langley that I play with a lot in monkey fist. And I played with him elsewhere too. Uh, when he's doing his acoustic gigs, he has a looper and he uses them like you do for your soul, you know, for his solo gigs uh, because it, it allows him to play some solos and stretch things out a little bit more and, you know, kind of do something different other than just strumming his guitar live in real time. And he will use it on stage with us in monkey fist. And he doesn't say anything about it. Like, I mean, we know he set it up like, you know, it's not like he's trying to hide it, but we'll just be in the middle of a tune and he'll be thinking ahead and he'll think, Oh, okay. I want to solo over say the chorus group, you know, the chorus uh, changes. So in the chorus, like while we're playing, while we're singing, he's got the looper, you know, recording that section. 
And then we'll come out of the chorus and he'll hit the playback thing to start the lube and start soloing, which is great from an entertainment standpoint. But you were giving him the time. Well, we were all making the time together during that chorus. And, you know, you got three people singing. The time is is it moves sometimes it's fluid or there's you know, if he's singing, there's sometimes a jump between when he should have hit the the, the pedal right. and did hit the pedal. Right. Like there's a lot of different things going on. And so I've learned to be really aware of hearing that that loop sound and, and learning. Cause he might go through, you know, three or four times of the, the progression while he's soloing. And it's like, okay, let me really pay attention the first time through and learn where the problem is. If there's, if there's a problem, there's usually one, you know, it's not yeah. like there's multiples and where is it? And now I know to anticipate it next time. And this, that, and the it's other often thing. how the, how the loop begins and ends. And yes, and the, it's the, a beginning the, and ending. That's the, right. the yeah. pacing around of, of, yep. of the loop. And so, yeah, I would say if, if I was to play with somebody, especially someone, you know, that was a drummer, yeah. I wouldn't, you know, I would play to their, to their time only. Right. And, you know, but once and, that loop starts, I'm no longer the drummer. The well, loop, you know, the you, loop is you're the right drummer. about that. So, so this is the thing. It, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it's a click track that is now controlled by a guitar player, which you know can be or cannot be. And the thing is, if if you stomp on loop in the wrong place, right. you know, slightly the wrong place, it creates a moment where everybody has to catch up to this mechanical thing. It's not the organic concept of human beings reacting to each other and adapting. Now there's a piece of machinery that is spitting out this, you know, yeah. what it knows. Laying down so, the groove. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Garbage in, garbage out. But it, it can is, be amazing. It is a though. great tool. It, it is. And it's very fun, especially yeah. as a solo performer. It is, you know, you can do some very subtle things that all of a sudden take you from being, you know, just a guy, you know, playing campfire songs to doing some really, really cool things. We had David Shannon on who's like, yeah. you know, I think I read David just passed. 10,000 followers on his, on his page. And so, awesome. you know, yeah. And great guy and a very, very, very humble guy shares his knowledge so willingly. So, you know, if, if anybody out there is thinking about looping, we'll put the link to, you know, for you to go check out David, cause he's terrific. And, um, you know, he does these very, very in-depth tutorials and he talks about time and he talks about playing with other people and he talks about, you know, yeah. smooth, smoothing your, your loops. So, you know, they, they connect together. Sometimes it's not, quite as obvious as a beginning and an ending because, you know, four to one, a lot of things can happen between the end of four yes. in measure and the beginning of one in a measure, right? <laughs> yeah. That's, so. that's the unknown, the great unknown. <laughs> I, what one, one trick that we have yet to employ in monkey fist. In fact, we had sorted it all out. And then the, the last gig that we were supposed to play this summer was canceled because of uh, a COVID exposure at the place we were supposed to play. Uh, but what I've found is, you know, when Matt's playing and he gets his loop going, great. Like I can hear him fine. But when he's soloing now, that solo should naturally be louder than the loop. And we have in the past always just had one feed from his guitar. And right. so like trying to listen through the solo for this loop, especially while there's, you know, I'm hearing like the cajon going or whatever, it, it can be a lot. And so... Yeah. His looper, and I'm 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 guessing yours is similar. In fact, I think you guys have the same one. Uh, allows him to have an output that's just the loop, and so we were going to wire that up and have that louder in my monitor, so that when he goes to a loop, it's like, okay, here's the thing that you got to really pay attention to, and then you can listen to the other stuff too if you want. You know, sure. um, so anybody that's that's dealing with that out there, just know that there are options for. For cheating, not, I don't want to say cheating, for hedging your bets and helping you on stage, which is well, what monitors are supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the really great loopers, they build their loops quickly and seamlessly. You know, they're not playing as they, you're not, you know, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very purposeful. They're not like, you know, doing four bars. And then thinking about it for a couple bar, you know, right. for, you know, right. and then, and then layering something else on, you know, if it's going to be part of your performance art, you know, it's not, it, it's, it's not a, let's see where this goes types of thing. I mean, in the most effective use of it, it's seamless, right. And yeah, it's just know where it's all going. Of a sudden, yeah. Yeah. It all, it just all of a sudden feels like there's a band playing and you hear these types of things. And yeah. David is very, very good at that. And several, you know, there's, there's good looping tutorials out there that, you know, give a lot of, and people have done some, Absolutely freaking remarkable, you know, things that they've done with these types of things, you know, harmonized guitars, 
you know, harmonized vocals, right? Yeah. And, you know, you go, you know, Sheeran, Ed Sheeran is kind of, you know, there was looping before Ed, but he kind of massively popularized it, I think. And, yeah. and uh, you know, he's, he's, you watch what he does. I mean, he, he, not only in, in stadiums to, you know, 50,000 people, but, you know, he goes on radio shows and he goes in, you know, you can see how he puts together these loops pretty, pretty clearly in some of these YouTube videos. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's, a, it's a great creative tool. And it is a, you know, we always talk about differentiators. So if you're a solo acoustic musician or electric, it doesn't have to be acoustic. And you want to, you know, be able to offer, especially in these days of COVID, you know, you want to be able to offer, you know, people a different sound, a, a, a groove that they can possibly dance to or, you know, something like that. These tools are really super. Yeah, it makes a, it makes a big difference. You know, it, yeah. I... I I enjoy playing with Matt's looper, even though it, it adds a little bit of complexity to the gig. I mean, you yeah. it, no great surprise. Dave likes the extra complexity. You know, it's a, it's a fun little challenge, <laughs> but it does, yeah. it does result in a better product that you're putting out there. Cause it really can help full things in. And yeah, it's, without a no, doubt, I have the boss RC 300. I don't know if that's what Maddie has, but um, it so it's three, three channels. Yeah. You actually can control the volume of the individual channels. There's a rhythm machine. It actually has, has a bunch of um, guitar effects, mm. you know, it has modulation effects and, you know, a bunch of things. One thing that it doesn't have that is very helpful. Well, it has it, but it sucks. Um, <laughs> it has an, an, an octave tool. Mm. Um, Cause you know, if you want to pl- you know, you can tap on your guitar and get a groove, but if you really want to give a full feeling, you want a bass sound, you know, right. and the octave tool, you know, the, ba- the bass sound is it doesn't track very well. And so uh, I know Shannon, you know, I talked to him about this and he uses, you know, a boss pedal separate. So you can actually, you know, go through pedals and then go into the looper. And yeah, you've got a band in a box and, you know, yeah, there's cool. some really, really creative things you can do. And, and you know, if you want to explore different spaces and different sounds and just take your solo acoustic show to a new place, check out loopers. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely worth it. I, I agreed. Agreed. All right, man. Well, that gets us to the uh, 5150 mark in the show, which I think is a perfect time to pull the uh, 5150. 5150, exactly. To Eddie. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, we, um, yeah, that's what we got. You got anything else? Right. Yeah, next week, uh, let's do Christmas list. Christmas list. Send in your Christmas list to us feedback at giggabpodcast.com. We want to know what's on your Christmas list. What's on your wish list? What kind of gear are you looking for? What do you, other than like, I want to get back out and play again. We like, we'll just, we'll, the defense stipulates that's at the top of all of our lists. Now from there, what do we want next? So there you go. All right, folks, we will, uh, we'll see you next week. We're not going anywhere. Good chatting, Dave. Good chatting with you, Paul. Hey, man. Yeah, man. Always be performing. You too. 